The Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines are a combined 22-0 and and 16-0 in Big Ten football play this season. Michigan is ranked number three, and Ohio State is ranked number two in the latest college football playoff rankings. Win the game and win the Big Ten championship game, and you're in the college football playoff. Lose in the game, and you're likely out of the college football playoff unless some serious chaos happens. With Ohio State, they risk losing three in a row to the University of Michigan. And for the Michigan Wolverines, they risk their entire image and their entire picture of success over the past two seasons being torn down with a loss here. The stakes couldn't be higher. They could not be higher whatsoever. Today, I am going to give five reasons why Ohio State will beat Michigan. I predicted Michigan to win this game 31-17, to but that doesn't mean Ohio State can't and won't win this game. In fact, in the past two seasons, I have been 0-2 in predicting the winner of the game. I picked Ohio State to beat Michigan in 2021 and 2022, and I was oh-so-wrong Thankfully so, as I am a Wolverine fan. I will give myself some small credit, though, and say that I was 2-0 in the spread. I picked Michigan to accurately cover touchdown or more spreads in favor of the Buckeyes in those two matchups. But here we are. I'm hoping that my prediction is correct. But I dug deep into these teams early this week, and there are several reasons why Ohio State can win this game in the same way that there are multiple reasons why Michigan can win this game. So let's dive in, but before we do so, please remember to hit that subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I post more college football and Ohio State football content. In fact, hit that red subscribe button if you think that Ohio State will win this football game, because per Action Network, almost four-fifths of public bets are on the Ohio State Buckeyes to win, so I suspect many of you watching this video, whether you're subscribers of my channel, which is about a 50-50 split of who they think is going to win, or if you're a member of the general public or the general college football fan base, subscribe to the channel, like this video, comment five reasons why you think Ohio State can or will win this game. And lastly, if you want to support the channel and gain access to some bonus content, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the pinned comment. Without further ado, though, let's jump right in. Reason number one, these reasons are in descending order. So I think that the number one reason is the most important, the most critical reason. And from there, I think the reasons have less value in why Ohio State or Michigan, as there will be a video on five reasons why Michigan will win this game that drops tomorrow morning. But the biggest reason why the Buckeyes will win this game is improved defense. Ohio State's defense allowed 16.9 points per game through 11 games in 2022. Right now, they allow 9.3 points per game. And I mentioned the 11 games because, much like this season, Ohio State is entering the game facing the best offense they faced all season long. And I'd say facing the best defense they faced all season long. They are facing the best team that they have since they played Georgia in the Peach Bowl 
last season in the college football playoff semifinal. And in the Peach Bowl and against Michigan, the Buckeyes allowed a combined 87 points. And they only scored 64, losing the game to Georgia by one point and the game to Michigan by 22. The defense has improved by approximately a touchdown per game in scoring defense through the initial 11 games. I'm curious to see how much that number fluctuates, how much that number of allowed points per game rises, because I expect Michigan and Ohio State both to score more than 10 points, so both of their scoring defenses will drop in terms of potential rank or how many points they allow per game, or maybe both. The defense, no doubt, has improved as they are fourth per ESPN's analytics in defensive efficiency, only trailing Michigan, Penn State, and they're not even trailing Iowa. They're trailing Clemson, who was the third most efficient defense. So Michigan, Penn State, and Clemson are the only teams Ohio State trails in terms of defensive efficiency, and they're one slot ahead of the Iowa Hawkeyes. So ESPN is extremely high on Big Ten defenses, and Ohio State is one of those Big Ten defenses that ESPN views in a tier of their own. Part of the reason for this improvement is not just returning production or the fact that Jim Knowles is in year two of installing his system, but also the fact that he is calling a more conservative defense this year, and this change has paid big dividends. You still see zero blitzes. You still see attempts to gain extra pressure and some eye candy here and there defensively, and that doesn't always work. Ohio State has one of the worst pass rush units in college football in terms of sack percentage, but they're very efficient at playing their bend-but-don't-break defense, and even though they occasionally zero blitz, or they occasionally send six, five, seven men forward, Typically, Ohio State likes to send four people forward. They run a bend-but-don't-break, very conservative defense that is willing to allow you to get 70, 75 plays per game. They're not worried about being first or top five in plays per game or always trying to make you punt the ball on the first drive. They just want to ensure that they don't allow big plays and that they don't allow touchdowns. So once you get into the red zone, this defense really bows up. That's why they're number one in defensive yards per point and defensive points per play. That's also translated as opponent yards per point and opponent points per play. They're first in those categories. They're first in a multitude of scoring defense categories. If this defense is elite and they can hold their ground at the point of attack, especially in regards to the run, but also get some pressure on J.J. McCarthy, they can not only win in Ann Arbor, they can take over the game. Even if the offense isn't outstanding or they have their inconsistencies, granted they don't turn over the football a lot or have multiple three and outs, if the offense functions the way they have been and the defense lives up to their elite potential, and plays their best game, Ohio State could do to Michigan what Michigan did to Penn State two weeks ago. Not in the exact same format. I doubt Ohio State could run that many times in a row, 
but they have Marvin Harrison Jr., they have players on offense, and we'll touch on them in a few seconds, minutes, because those players and the offense were also some reasons why Ohio State can win. But the defense, with a secondary that's number one in defensive passer efficiency, only allowing a 92 passer rating from opposing quarterbacks, and a defense that is top 25 in run defense, that's able to get pressure when they need to, and the secondary is remarkable. Josh Proctor, Denzel Burke, Jermaine Matthews Jr., Jordan Hancock, their corners are elite. Same with their safeties. If some young players, too, like Sony Styles, who are awesome. And at linebacker, great tacklers, great run stoppers. And that defensive tackle room with Michael Hall Jr. returning and being healthy, that's a, that's a pretty deep defensive tackle room as well. So there's a lot to like about the defense. Number two, my second reason why Ohio State will win this game is Travion Henderson. He has bounced back in a huge way. He's averaging nearly 7 yards per carry, nearly 100 yards per game, and he has 10 rushing touchdowns. And he isn't a Hassan Haskins. He's not a Chip Trainum. He's not a Mayan Williams, not a Blake Corum. He doesn't have a big power element. So a lot of these yards and his high yards per carry numbers come from explosive runs of 30 or more yards. In my head, I think I can count five or more times where he's ran for 30 or more yards. That right there is 150 yards rushing on five plays, and I guarantee you he's had more explosive plays. That is where he is dangerous. That's where he's always been dangerous, is explosive plays, breakaway speed. He takes care of the football. He hasn't fumbled all season long. He could be the best running back in the country right now, but he won't be recognized as that because... Against Michigan, if he plays the whole game and stays healthy, which I hope he does as a Michigan fan, he'll have only played 75% of his regular season games, and you're not going to win awards, sadly, for that, even if you are the best player in the country or at your position. I don't know if Henderson's the best player in the country, but he's an elite running back for sure. Unlike prior years, however, he has gained a power element. He can churn forward, pick up some yards. He isn't a dud when met with opposition at the point of attack. He can weave his way through tight windows. And when Ohio State blocks up defenses perfectly, he's a home run hitter. But we knew that. He needs to have a big game. I think he is a more important piece to Ohio State's potential victory, or to their potential national championship run, especially if they win the game, or maybe they can back their way in again if they lose the game, he needs to have a big game. The reason for that is everyone knows who Marvin Harrison Jr. is. Everyone knows that Ohio State wants to pass the football. That's what Ryan Day and Kyle McCord and Brian Hartline want to do. But Henderson can keep opposing defenses honest. And in the game especially, whichever team has the better rushing performance and really rushing attack throughout the season typically comes out to be the victor. And I don't think that Ohio State fans, Ohio State fans and Michigan fans, I think can agree on one thing surrounding the game. Michigan has the better offensive line. And I think, honestly, we can probably both agree that they're equal at defensive line at best for Ohio State, 
or at worst for Ohio State. Michigan has a significant advantage at defensive line. So Henderson will have to compensate for what could be a trench advantage in favor of the Wolverines, and that's totally possible, especially if the passing game is going well. The run and the pass can open up opportunities for each other. I think Ryan Day knows that. I think Ryan Day will scheme it out to be that way. He'll try and play complementary football, but also have a balanced, explosive attack because Ohio State, they're built to be explosive. They are. They're not built to be this team that controls T.O.P. and that wears you down and bullies you. That's not how they're built. And Ryan Day has tried to play that way this season and last season at times, and it works against him. Just plain and simple, works against him. Now, Michigan State and Minnesota don't have good defenses. Minnesota's defense is busted, and Michigan State's is full of injuries. But I liked that Ryan Day tried to give Kyle McCord the opportunity to pass the ball all day, and Henderson had explosive runs. I think that Ohio State is going back a little to trying to make explosive plays and not trying to mimic Michigan. Because I think sometimes that's what Ryan Day is doing, is he's mimicking the team who's beating him. That doesn't benefit Travion Henderson. That doesn't benefit a team whose offensive line is better, I think, at better at pass block or better at stretch blocking than interior run blocking, at least at this point in the season. And it doesn't benefit a defense that right now, from what I can tell, a defense that's better at stopping the pass than stopping the run. Ohio State is built differently than much of the Big Ten, and they have to play to that. And I think Henderson having a big day is critical. And I think he can have a big day, and I think there's a great chance that he will have a big day. He hasn't faced Penn State's defense. He was injured for that game, but he's getting healthier and better every game he plays in. I have a hard time seeing Michigan hold him to, let's say, 20 or 25 rushing yards like they held Nicholas Singleton to in 2022. Ann Arbor. Reason number three is Marvin Harrison Jr. Gus Johnson is just waiting to say Maserati Marv 10 times full volume until your speakers short out on your TV. But it's understandable why he's a phenomenal player. He has 1,093 receiving yards and 13 receiving touchdowns. He could be a Heisman Trophy finalist, or if he has a huge day in the game, He could be the Heisman Trophy winner, depending on the result of this matchup between Titans. He's a freak athlete and a hard worker. His presence will be felt every play he is out on the field. And if you try and double-team him, guess what? Emeka Igbuka pops out of nowhere. Cade Stover pops out of nowhere. And even if you double-team Marvin Harrison Jr., he will find a way to get, I think, at least one receiving touchdown in this game. And that's me going back to my prediction where I think the Wolverines beat the Buckeyes by double digits. And that's, I still think, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get a receiving touchdown, even in a game where Michigan will win and Michigan will control the matchup for much of the game. I still think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a good enough player to get one receiving touchdown. But there's a world where he gets multiple. There's a world where Ohio State is able to exploit a Michigan secondary that has looked vulnerable at different times against long passing plays. And I think in order to open up the rushing attack, 
McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. will have to connect often. They'll have to connect on big throws. What Ohio State can't do, this is what Michigan has been so good at over the past two seasons against Ohio State. They have forced what they do, what Michigan, Jesse Minner, Mike McDonald, they play soft zone. They force Ohio State to take 5-10 to yard checkdowns and move the ball slowly while eating clock. And Ohio State hates that. They hate not being able to get the explosive play. They hate not being able to open up the offense and just tear Michigan's jaw off of their face. That's what Ohio State and Ryan Day have wanted to do in the past. I think even with some of the changes defensively and offensively, they still want to do that, and I think they expect to at least have a play or two like that. Marvin Harrison Jr. and McCord need they need to be able to connect. McCord isn't one of my reasons why I think Ohio State can slash will win this game, because I don't think he has, whether it's the athleticism or the ceiling, I don't think that he is as much of a threat to Michigan on his own as his receivers are, specifically Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. can find a way to compensate for Kyle McCord's underthrows, overthrows, slight inaccuracy. McCord always looks to find Marvin Harrison Jr. He's by far the number one wide receiver for the Ohio State Buckeyes this season by a mile. And you look at that just in terms of receptions on the season. McCord has had 211 completions, passing the football on 318 attempts. Um, You look at receptions, Marvin Harrison Jr. has 62 receptions, and he's averaging nearly 18 yards per reception. So that connection is important, and Marvin Harrison Jr., I think Ohio State is going to have to run the ball and do better on the ground than Michigan in order to win this game. Ohio State can pass to open up the run, and they can they can switch that around too and run to open up the pass. I believe that Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. are explosive playmakers. Same with Igbuka, same with Stover. They just need to be on point. They need to find the soft spots in the zone. Travion Henderson needs to have patience, same with the rest of Ohio State, but I think especially with him, his power ability that has come to light this year might actually be more useful in this game than his ability to make big plays, because this Michigan defense, in the same way with Ohio State's defense, I don't see them allowing a ton of big plays. So be methodical. McCord has shown that he can do that as long as his offensive line protects him. Marvin Harrison Jr., he is as methodical as it gets. Perfect player. Travion Henderson has looked like the perfect running back in all games where he is healthy. So to a certain degree, I went broad there, but I think that's overall the standpoint and the attitude that these players and the schemers on Ohio State's coaching staff have to have. The defense is the number one. It is by far, I think, the biggest reason why Ohio State can win. If this Ohio State team had last year's defense, there'd be very few reasons to pick Ohio State. But the defense improving and the offense retaining key playmakers, even though quarterback production and offensive line efficiency have dropped, that gives Ohio State enough combinations to be in this game, to maybe control this game, and definitely many opportunities to win. 
Fourth, this might be one that should be higher, but I've expressed in prior videos that because Jim Harbaugh is coaching Michigan six out of seven days, I don't think Sharon Moore being the interim makes that big of a drop-off. There definitely is a drop-off in performance, but it's not big enough to where I think Michigan should be handed out an excuse card of any size if they lose this game, if they lost to Penn State, or especially if they lost to Maryland. The result that Michigan will bear in Ann Arbor in two days will be the result that they likely would have borne if Harbaugh was on the sidelines. Ryan Day, though, comparing him and Sharon Moore, I think it's pretty obvious and safe to say that Day has a coaching advantage. He's 56-6 and six overall and 38-2 and two in Big Ten play in his Ohio State career. I think that might actually be 39-2 in his Ohio State career. Maybe that's a typo, but anyway. He's an elite head coach. His only two losses in Big Ten conference play came to two Michigan teams who won the Big Ten and won 12 or more games and went to the college football playoff. That's pretty impressive. There were teams that Jim Harbaugh lost to, Urban Meyer teams that were far inferior. And yes, I use the word far inferior to the Michigan teams that Ryan Day lost to, especially the 2022 team. The 2022 Michigan Wolverines would have beaten Urban Meyer's 2016, 17, and 18 squads. Guarantee that would have happened. And the 2021 team, I think with their run game and that same clutch ability that the 2022 team had, I think they would have beaten the 16, 17, and probably 2018 team as well. And maybe the 2013 team and the 2022 team, 2015 Ohio State was full of talent, but they were not nearly as good as the 2014 unit. 2022 Michigan might have been able to beat 2015 Ohio State. Ryan Day has, look, unfortunately for him, he's come up against Michigan teams that Urban Meyer never had to coach against, that his players never had to prepare for that kind of elite performance from the Michigan Wolverines. Outside of maybe 2016, and I think at the time Ohio State played Michigan in 2016, the 2021 and 2022 teams were better than 2016 Michigan after a demoralizing loss to Iowa and after Wilton Spate had a very serious, I think, collarbone injury that really handicapped him for the rest of his career. For Ryan Day, he's coaching for a chance to relieve some competitive pressure, for a chance to show that he is the guy, even though I think he is a third loss to Michigan, I guarantee you Ohio State's fan base will go absolutely nuts. And to a certain degree, they should. Where it gets too far is when you start calling for his head after he already has won his fifth season in a row of 11 wins or more. I know the 2020 season, Ohio State only got seven wins, but realistically in the regular season, they would have gotten 11 wins. They probably would have went 12-0 that season. With Sharon Moore filling in as Michigan's head coach, Ryan Day is a guaranteed coaching edge. The question is, is that coaching edge enough to secure Ohio State a likely victory? Or does Michigan have better assistant coaches, better coordinators, the deeper roster and better players to where even with a head coaching advantage, 
with the game being in the big house and Michigan being the better team, it may not matter as much as some think. But this is an important reason, because on that fourth down and short, or on the decision of whether you have to trust your defense and punt the football away, or you go for it in your own territory, for giving energy to your team, for breathing life into a locker room that sometimes might be down maybe after a bad first half or a bad quarter, a great near-elite elite head coach is needed. And Sharon Moore, he's 3-0 and right now as Michigan's interim head coach, beating Bowling Green, beating Penn State, and beating Maryland. And I really like him, and I think he's a future head coach, and I think that he is a much better game manager already, provided he has an elite team, than a lot of other head coaches out there right now. He's awesome. He deserves to be a finalist for the Broyles Award, as does Jim Knowles. However, Day, more experience. Day's one of the best coaches in college football right now. To say that Sharon Moore would be a better CEO than Day is absolute insanity. I should delete my channel if I were to say that right now. Or likely even after the game, regardless of the result. Day's proven himself. And without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, this is a prove-it game for Sharon Moore, but more so for Ryan Day. Because the narrative surrounding him, if he loses, will it'll just be toxic. And I think that he knows that. I think that he is going to coach one of his better games of his career. And Ohio State has a coaching edge. They do. And reason number five, this somewhat ties to number four, because part of me was going to say, unlike the past two seasons, Day has had a coaching edge. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe Day has always been a better head coach than Jim Harbaugh, but Michigan's cheating had such a massive impact on the game that it overcame superior coaching and superior roster talent. Now, I am not going to go that far. I think saying the only reason Ohio State lost to Michigan over the past two seasons is living in denial. And I will tell you, if any part of the team of Ohio State thinks that cheating is the reason, the biggest reason why they lost the past two seasons, then Ohio State's not winning in Ann Arbor, and they might get run off the field and then that will be an even worse result for Ohio State football. But Michigan cheated. They straight up violated the rules. It's not the only reason why they beat Ohio State. Michigan has been the much more physical team over the past two seasons. Michigan has been deeper and more talented, factoring in development on the defensive side of the football for the past two seasons. Michigan has been a healthier team with better strength and conditioning over the past two seasons, and Michigan has had a schematic and trench advantage over the past two seasons. Michigan no longer has that same schematic advantage. Michigan's conservative defense over the past, or conservative offense over the past two seasons that likes to be consistent but occasionally take deep shots and gain big plays matched up very well with Ohio State defenses over the past two seasons that were really all about aggression and speed, not much physicality. This season, Ohio State has speed, athleticism, like they always do, but then they have that physical element. And I think that cancels out the past matchup advantages from a schematic standpoint that Michigan had. I still think the Wolverines have a advantage in the trenches. Ohio State caught up to Michigan in terms of defensive line, but 
Ohio State regressed even further than Michigan did, I think, in terms of offensive line. Both the Buckeyes and Wolverines last year at Joe Moore caliber offensive lines. Ohio State, no chance they win the Joe Moore Award this season. Michigan, they still have that hint of something special about really the interior of their offensive line that could still put them up in that category of near elite or potentially elite, depending on how they perform in the game and if Ladarius Henderson and Miles Hinton coming back makes a difference. But in the middle of October, we all know this, it was discovered that Michigan had a vast network of scouts to illegally gather signs. The Wolverines certainly benefited from the scouting. The question is, how much did they benefit? Did it give them a small benefit? Did it give them a medium-sized benefit, like an Amazon package benefit? Or did it give them a whole mansion when originally they just lived on the street or lived in a home, in like a farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere? What advantage did it give the Michigan Wolverines? I'm going to make an analogy. I think that Michigan cheating, this is coming from Michigan fan. I think Michigan cheating and breaking the rules was similar to a billionaire stealing $100,000. Where Michigan didn't benefit a ton from the cheating. They benefited from a small to a medium amount, but I don't think they needed to cheat to do what they did over the past two seasons. I don't think that whatsoever, just watching the games. But maybe I'm inaccurate in that. I think the game could help determine that. If the biggest reason why the Wolverines beat Ohio State over the past two seasons was their cheating, then Ohio State straight up wins. And in fact, they might actually dominate, given the fact that they've caught up with the Wolverines in terms of defensive play, and they're a more physical team all around. So that's reason number five. If Michigan's cheating truly was the biggest reason why they won the Big Ten, why Jim Harbaugh right now has only lost three games as a head coach in the past three years, if that's the biggest reason, not that it's not a big reason, but if that's the biggest reason, if that's reason number one why that's occurred, why Michigan football has risen up and taken the Big Ten by force over the past two seasons, then I think Ohio State wins this game. An Ohio State loss makes everyone question Ryan Day and Ohio State football, and a Michigan loss makes people question Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football program, but not in the same way. Ryan Day could be on the hot seat if he loses this game in dominant fashion. I don't think that'll happen, but he could be. He'll definitely be under competitive pressure from his fan base, massive competitive pressure. If Jim Harbaugh loses the game, the fan base won't put competitive pressure on him, but they'll be disappointed, and in the back of their minds, they will question whether their success over the past two seasons was because they broke the rules. Thank you so much for watching this video. Remember to like, subscribe, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts down below. Happy Thanksgiving as well. I'm very thankful for all of you who've watched this video, subscribed to the channel, who are just a part of the awesome college football community, and thank you especially to those who are sponsoring this channel via Patreon. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman Patreon members. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Noody DLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American Patrons. And thank you to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference Patrons. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.